0: Do better. Welcome to Do Better Podcast, a digital content hub from Asade, built for minds interested in doing better. Knowledge ideas, perspectives, and research insights on topics that matter. Business advice for better decisions and growth. Latest on the world of innovation and ideas. A look inside a global world beyond borders, and an open view on social challenges. You can leave your comments and suggestions on dobetter.isade.edu. Today we are fortunate to have with us Alfonso Valencia. Alfonso Valencia is a Spanish biologist and a computer scientist and career professor and director of the Life science of the department, department of the Barcelona Supercomputer Center. There he is working in a number of COVID projects, including the collaboration in the one in the generation of the vaccine. His curriculum is too impressive, with more than sixty thousand citations, more than four hundred papers, among them Nature, Nature Genetics, Nature Immunology, Bioinformatics, Protein Science, but also in the computer science area like IEEE, ITPE, Intelligent Systems, ITPE, ACM Transactions in Computational in computation Biology, etc. Professor Valencia has not only a, a remarkable CV. In 1994, he formed the Protein Design Group at the Spanish National Center of Biotechnology. And from t- 2015 to 2018, was the president of the International Society for Computational Biology. And since then, is the leading life research, is in the leading life research center in Barcelona, in the Barcelona Supercomputer Center. Uh, Professor Valencia, it's an honor for us to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. We are so happy. And that you will have a bit of time for a podcast in a sudden. We know that you're doing a fantastic new project. what Can you tell us about it? Well, vaccines are, are,
1: are you know the holy grail of all of time, no? Finding a vaccine against the COVID nineteen uh, epidemic. So we are part of a large European consortium uh, trying to find a vaccine and uh, working for that. Obviously, we do the computational part, the, the prediction of the antigenic site, the initial modeling that is required for finding, uh, for, for start the design of the vaccine, and then that goes into cycles of experiments and, and more computing, and uh, running. There will be many, as you know, there are many of these uh, projects running in the world. It's a big collaborative effort. Hopefully, we'll have not one vaccine. we we'll have a number of vaccines ready on time if there is, the next, uh, there is a, a second
0: wave or if for the next epidemic there is also a lot of pressure on, the, on having a machine a vaccine fast on, on the timeline and um, what is your view on that is modeling with supercomputers going to make the vaccine faster is uh, pushing this timeline closer or what do you think well the timelines i mean science uh,
1: doesn't have a given as well in a given time science is about trial and error so we cannot say uh, how successful we are going to be but certainly we are putting we and all the other projects running in parallel are putting a big effort to try to speed up A process that by definition takes time because you have to produce to cover all the phases from basic research to to production, to mass production. Computers are all the way uh, involved into that, from the very early phase to design to the large-scale organization of the production systems. So I I think it's not only that computers can speed up the process, is that I cannot imagine how you can do a big project with a lot of data, complex scenarios without
0: computers. You are a biologist, but you don't work in a lab. Uh, how can you simulate all the reactions that normally are present in the lab and, and why do you need a supercomputer for that? Or you need more than a supercomputer, a mega supercomputer?
1: So uh, first of all, we, we cannot simulate all what, all the things that are going in the lab. Uh, life is extremely complex and we uh, are understanding that the basic science level of life is still relatively small. So all what we can do in terms of simulation, we can only simulate what we understand, and we only understand a small part of biology. Still, this is more part of biology that we understand can be processed in computers, and this is why we have a big supercomputer. My Nostrum is one of the largest computers in the world. This is why we are buying a new Nostrum that it will be hundreds times more powerful than the current one. And this is helping us to prepare, essentially to interact with experiments, to prepare things, that will be later tried in uh, an experimental lab and we we'll fit again with this information and we we'll go back and forward between models and predictions and uh, experiments and uh, biological results in what is, uh, I would say, a big challenge and a common endeavour between
0: experimental and computational science. Many times we face this dilemma between open science and intellectual property this is probably a difficult issue in many fields but particularly in this field of, of bioinformatics and the programs and the models that you use open source uh, how do you manage to work around all these issues for us, uh,
1: for the contrary for us it's very easy all what we do is open uh, the software and the data this is our area is very much inspired by the human genome project and uh, from the very beginning unfortunately this has been driven to a completely open collaborative science so all the sequences all the large scale sequencing that goes in around the world is making the obviously with the appropriate restriction respect to ethical issues and you need to ask permission but all the information is open and accessible and all the software that we produce i'm the editor of the main journal in the field and all the software that we publish has to be accessible and completely open. So for, for us it's not much of a dilemma,
0: we just do everything open. Uh, your team is a public consortium. Organizing all this must be complicated and probably a little bit more in Spain. Uh, what is your experience? What is your view of these private public collaborations? And uh, we know that you are a member of the Scientific Advisory Board of the IMI and the EU pharma companies in consortium. And What is your view from this point of view?
1: My view is that we, uh, the, the, the problems that we are facing are such a big problems of a, such a big dimension that we need to put together all the resources that we have. We know that in the area of medicine and new drugs, pharma companies are the only ones that can really produce new drugs in a sensible way. I mean, there are small initiatives that are very interesting in the research lab, this can also be done, but at the end of the day, the production of drugs is extremely expensive. So we need the collaboration, and it's not only the price, is the commercialization, is the expertise, is the big uh, high throughput technologies. So in this area, I think it's essential, and this is why the European Initiative for New Medicaments, the IMI, has been working for years, I would say in a very successful way, putting together public and private resources a little bit the same thing is in the area of IT technologies the big uh, IT companies are the one that have the capacity to produce uh, big scale computers like Mare Oström so we need the computers and we need the collaboration and this collaboration has to be set in a fair basis meaning that we have to produce something that is good not only for the companies but is good for the society in general I think that maintaining the equilibrium between the right balance between the profit of the companies that are part of the society and the societal benefits and doing this in a completely open and transparent way is very much the way forward, the way in which science and technology is moving these days.
0: Now we also have a lot of talk about tracing apps and then in tracing apps we have this tension between uh, having enough data to make it useful, at least 60-70%, and privacy. Uh, we don't have enough data. It's not effective, but also we have to maintain privacy. What is your view of that? What do you think? Did Asian countries did it better than we are doing, or it's better to let everybody to obtain?
1: This is becoming an interesting and very controversial. First of all, looking into the future, I cannot imagine a future in which uh, we have another epidemic and we cannot benefit from all the technology around mobile phones positioning. Uh, communications now we can discuss if it's right the technology to use now it's ready now it's not ready now uh what are the problems but in 10 years it's difficult to imagine a world in which there will be no benefit from this technology so i think that we better start learning how to use it because it's going to be there because it's very powerful second there is uh there are this effort to trace cases we need to trace cases where there are human teams doing that i can imagine that the human things will benefit a lot from being able to trace the contacts that cannot be traced by humans. Contacts in in the past. You cannot do this. A human cannot remember all that. So you need something else. I don't see why we cannot benefit from this technology. My second controversial point is that now we are going, very likely, at least in Europe, for this, what is called a decentralized system. A decentralized system means that the government has no idea, no control, no data. I cannot understand that because the government, meaning the health system, has already all my information, all my medical records, everything about me. Did They call me on the phone to say, you have an appointment tomorrow. So why they cannot have my data on something like the, like the COVID that is even more important to, to have this complete data? I fail to understand why it's better that uh, Google and, uh, and Apple are going to have this data and not my health system. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I may be an outsider on this view, but I I would prefer, at least I'm voting for my for my government. So I, uh, to, to this, this help, or at least I trust my health system where my data is already there. So in this sense, I my, my view is that we we'll would better have a centralized system. The technology is, is there, and there are many things that we... I still don't, don't understand well about the technology. We are managing these numbers of 60, 70% of people using the app. We just published a paper trying to understand where this number is coming from because it's not very clear which number is coming from and what are the conditions for this number. So I think there are many interesting scientific and technical questions that we still have to find out, but we better find out soon because we need to use additional technologies if we want to be able to really trace contacts.
0: What can we do to promote this science associated not only to this immediate thing, but also to this long-term vision?
1: I think that, you know, obviously I understand, in a sense, this social push for having uh, benefits uh, as, as, as soon as possible, I, even more in these days of, uh, of the COVID-19. At the same time, we know that this is, this is uh, something that's happened now, but we want to build the basis. We wouldn't have invested in uh, understanding be- better the viruses. And the ecosystems, and uh, the transmission, and the physiology, we will be in a better position right now. We don't understand now. We now we realize that we don't understand some of the bases. How we are going to build a basin, if we don't understand some of the molecular bases. So we are we are facing a really a shortage in the basic knowledge. This basic knowledge is not something that can be controlled and produced in a given time. We need to, we need to to try a number of things, a number of projects, and be progressing in something that is intrinsically difficult. So I would say that we need this, that we realize that uh, we need a fast solution but these fast solutions are based on the basic knowledge that cannot be generated in any other way. We don't know any other way That working on this in many different areas and building, and building this basic knowledge that we need. So hopefully thinking, dreaming in the future, uh, all this pandemic and all this discussion will help us to make more popular into the society the importance of scientists. The scientists, we have been more in the media now than never before, more than the football players, now the footballs are not playing. So um, obviously this will not last for very long and we will, you know, will be replaced again by the football players in a, in a few weeks. Hopefully we will not be completely replaced and will be still a remaining in society about the importance of science in the same way that the importance of uh, a, a strong public health system or a strong public education system. And optimistic, I think that people have already realized that there are many things that we want to know and we need to know, and also have realized the big difference between the societies that have already advanced into the 21st century and the societies that still have not quite advanced into the 21st century. I think that the big technological differences that we see between some of the Asian countries and maybe some of the European countries and other countries are in good part due to the investment that they have done in science and technology over these years. It's not impossible. They have done this in a very short time. So it's not that we are lost. We still can do it, but we need a a really decided step forward considering size, not only the nice accumulation of knowledge, but something that is essential for, for, for things like the, the, the epidemics, but also essential for building a society built in knowledge. And this is more than worse. All the technology that we are developing, we are back to the to the Apple and the, and the, and the contrast tracing. All the technology behind the tel- cell phones is based in first and basic knowledge, then in technological development. And then this is producing the company that are, the largest companies in the world today so i think that the path the path is there other countries have done it they have done it in a very long long time so all the elements are there and i just hope dreaming that the society will learn from all this and take this step forward
0: so let's hope it thank you very much alfonso thank you very much again for being with us these moments and these minutes we know that you have a really busy schedule and well, thanks to you, to you. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Nice to you, absolutely.
0: If you still want to learn more, remember, you can register on our platform dobetter.asade.edu. That was all for today. Until next time, thank you. Do better.